Well, hey everyone, welcome to a special Zoo TV version of our podcast. <laughs> welcome. Welcome, welcome. Well, since we've covered Octa Baby, we figured we should talk a little bit about Zoo TV. We should, because that was a pretty big tour. It was, and you were there. I was there for you one show. Exactly. I can't wait to hear about it. So I'm going to ask you some questions, but first, are you drinking anything this evening? Screwball. <laughs> Surprise! I was going to drink something else, but I was not prepared. <laughs> what are you drinking? I have just a very small pour of the Jameson Cold Brew this evening. That's what I should have had. I have a little bit of ice in it because I like it a little chilled. Anything else going on? We were just together. We were. It's been a... It's been a like, hot minute. It has. No, I'm really sad that you're not here. But at least I get to see you and we get to chat. Exactly. Yes. Well, let's get into your Zoo TV stuff, should we? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so you said you're going to interview me about my show adventures? I am, because I wasn't at Zoo I didn't see any Zoo TV shows. I, I was at my one. And I would love to hear the questions you have. I do. This was your, I sh- we should start off, this was your very first U2 show. My very first U2 show. Very first U2. It was so, uh, March 7th, 1992 at the Hampton Coliseum in Hampton, Virginia. Nice. So tell us, like, how old were you? Who were you with? Okay, I was 18 years old. I was a senior in high school. I cannot remember when they announced tickets were on sale, but that was a quite an interesting process. How did you get them? You, there was no online Ticketmaster or anything. No, there wasn't. And I read somebody said the only way you could get tickets over the phone, but I didn't get my tickets over the phone. So um, I went to a Ticketmaster location that was at Mother's Records and Tapes. Um, near Denby Boulevard in Newport News. I actually skipped school. Not technically did I skip. I was in, I was an editor of my yearbook. We had a day where we were allowed to go out and sell ads. Aha. <laughs> and so we chose this day to go out and sell ads. We did sell some ads, but that wasn't the the big focus on that day. So you, we all went to Mother's, you, get a, you got a wristband. And I think on a Friday, and we had to go back on Saturday where they drew a number. And that number was the front of the line. Okay, yeah. Well, that number that was pulled was only a few people behind me. Oh, no. So I ended up being where I was had a pretty, when I got my number, it was pretty early in the morning. But if I had waited until that afternoon, I probably would have done a little bit better but I ended up getting really really crappy tickets that were like the second to last row from the ceiling or something at the Hampton Coliseum I didn't care like I didn't even give a crap about that (laughs) I went with my two best friends from high school Sarah and Carmen and we each got you know we each got a bunch of tickets so it was I went with Sarah and Carmen and Another one of my yearbook friends, Min Kim. And then we had two more tickets that were almost the exact same tickets, but on the opposite side of the arena. And those tickets went to my friends, Ellie and Stephanie. Nice. And this was the indoor tour. This is the indoor tour. It was only, I think, 
I could totally be wrong about this, but it was only like the third show, third or fourth show of the Zoo TV tour. And I did not fact check that at all. But I, it was an early, early Zoo TV show because it was March 7th. And I think that the, the tour started on like February 27th or 28th or something. Oh, it started um, on, I think it started on Leap Day. Or the 29th. Yeah, they or- were just talking about that since we just had a Leap Day. Huh, interesting. Okay, it was, wow, it was the fifth show. Because the first show was in Lakeland, and it was on February 29th. Then they had a show March 1st in Miami, March 3rd in Charlotte, March 5th in Atlanta, and March 7th in Hampton. Well, it was early on. It was early on, and they clearly had not figured out the set list yet. I don't remember that that many details because I think I was just like in shock that I was even there I was in the room absolutely Um, yeah so I was gonna ask like what was your first impression like you had been listening to this band for a while now yeah and you'd seen rattle and hum yes and other videos but this was something new this was very new I'd never seen anything like it and I'm not entirely sure I've seen anything like it since. <laughs> I believe um, that. I mean, they keep getting bigger, but in different ways. Right. But to walk in the arena and see all of those screens and it looked like this, you know, like futuristic city or something. That's the only way I remember thinking about it in my head. It was just overwhelming. The, the stage, just the heaviness of everything was just extremely overwhelming. And I think that's also a reason why I don't have the best memories of that show because I have very few memories of my first show. Yeah, I was just absolutely in shock from Um, beginning to end. So the set list only had 19 songs on it, which is actually pretty short for nowadays. And the first eight songs were all from Octobaby. Yes. That is ballsy. I guess all of Zoo TV is ballsy. Yeah, it it was. I couldn't tell you that at all. I mean, I remember, the things I remember were... This was my next question. Like, memorable moments, takeaways. Well, obviously, Zoo Station, because, holy crap, just my heart, like, thinking about it, my heart races. I remember Zoo Station, I remember The Fly, because the screen was, you know... Yeah. I remember one, and then I remember them going out on the B stage, which I guess was trying to throw your arms around the world, Angel Harlem. And um, B stages were new at this point. Right. Was, had you ever seen anything like that before? No, I mean, the only concerts I'd been to before this was Sting at the Hampton Coliseum with just a plain stage, and I don't think he had even screens or anything at this yeah. point. And I'd seen B-52s and Ziggy Marley at the Hampton Coliseum. And then I saw Richard Marks at Busch Gardens. <laughs> so no, I've never, I'd never seen anything. Yeah. Anything like that. Anything close to, to that. I vaguely remember for some reason, Bull at the Blue Sky and running a standstill. And then I remember With or Without You at the end. And, and I mean, these are just like fleeting memories. Like, I remember being in the building when those songs right. came on. Nothing else do I, I couldn't tell you about anything else. It really um, sounds about right. Yeah. I also, this was also back when you smoked in arenas and stuff. And 
I remember being at the top of the Hampton Coliseum, which was basically just a cloud of cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> I never thought about that because, like, I mean, when I went to see B-52s and Ziggy Marley, I was at a seat on the floor. And when I saw Sting, I was, like, in the one section up really close to the stage. So I don't know. I didn't know that happened, but apparently that was a big thing at concerts that you get smoked out of the place. Crazy. I never thought about that with the indoor shows. Yeah. And there was a guy right next to me and I kept thinking he was going to like burn my pants or something. (laughs) I was really nervous about that guy. I was really nervous about everything with that night. I remember just, I think Sarah drove there and I just, I just was freaking out over everything, which really nothing's changed in that regard because <laughs> I still freak out on the way to every show. You know what to expect and you still freak out. I still, I have more reason <laughs> to freak out now. Actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah. For some reason, my memories are not like seeing them as little ants on the stage. Like they just seem larger than life, even though I was far away. Also, the Hampton Coliseum is not that big. It's still big. It's still big enough that this, you know, was not a great view. But I don't know if that's my head or if, you know, if my memory has been changed or anything. But I just remember Bono being larger than life, which he is. Yes. Anyway. screen helped, I'm sure. Yeah. You've told this before on a different app, but I want you to tell the story about 40. So when we walked out and we were leaving, the band did not play 40 they ended on with or without you but the audience sang 40 and that was just like the most emotional thing ever to me because it was just like you know I found my people and I did not have internet at the time I did not have I mean I had friends that were fans but nowhere you know to the level that I was and I wasn't even I think that moment changed my level of fandom too, because it was like, and we sang, everybody sang it all the way out, like in the parking lot, you could still hear people singing 40. I have chills. (laughs) Those are, you know, there were a ton of obviously diehard fans there. And I also though remember thinking, how can this many people in Hampton Roads, like, (laughs) right. And then I'm like, oh, how naive are you thinking that those people are from Hampton Roads? <laughs> but I didn't know back then. I didn't right. know. But it was amazing. I still, I have chills thinking about that. But it really was a, that was like a life-altering moment. Because I really did feel like I found my place. I'm sure we all have yeah. that moment or something like that. Being part of the YouTube family, it's so crazy yeah so that said did you ever imagine that you would end up here oh god no place in your life so many years later no i would never in a million years have dreamed of the experiences i had and the friends i've made and my life it wasn't I don't I never could have imagined that. I did think, well, you know what, I need to go see them again. Like and I really want to go see DC outside broadcast right. show. But I I don't think I I just don't think I could make I mean I went to DC all the time then, but I don't know if it was money or, or what. I just couldn't make that happen. Right. 
did you ever have dreams of meeting the band at that never. point? Like never. it wasn't even crossed your mind. No, what a possibility. it never ever crossed my mind. Never. And, and I mean, I think like the the next year, I made friends later that year online. On, online. And I think that I started to get some ideas the following summer, like this is something that maybe would happen one day that I might meet, you know, Larry or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) But all of a sudden so much more was possible. Yeah. When you would hear other people's experiences. Other people's experiences and just, you know, the internet just, you know, opened a new world for all of us. Yeah. For good or bad. But I know I would never have, I would, if you had told me this is what my life would have been, I would have laughed in your face. Right. This little girl from Newport News, and how am I going to even get that creative to figure this shit out? Right. Like, I wouldn't even think stuff was possible, let alone. No, no, it not, never. Not even conceive of it. No. And it wasn't like I walked out of there saying, well, maybe I'll meet the band one day. It, I, that wasn't. Yeah. That was the furthest thing from my mind. I just, that wasn't possible. Yeah, I get that completely. I'm trying to think if I'd met any famous people before then. And aside from politicians, I don't think I, I don't yeah. think I have. We always say that if I ever find the keys to the time machine, that we're going to go back to 97. But I think I'd want to pit stop in 92 first. I would love to just see Zoo TV. Yeah. And, you know, I, I feel just, like- I'll just sit in the back. And watch it, and then we'll beeline to 97. Right. It's just like two hours. It's just a two-hour pit stop. Think about this one, though. Maybe we should have, like, started off. Like, everybody says, if they had a time machine, they're going to go back to Liverpool and discover the Beatles. (laughs) That's true. Why start it in 92 or in 97? Go back to 1970-whatever. Well, we'd already gone back to Portland before during the boy tour so we could save Bono's lyrics. Right. So we've already been there. Yeah. Well, but thank you for sharing your experience with us. Do you have anything else to add? I got buttons and merch, which I think I still have, but I can't put my finger on where they are right now. I got buttons and I remember that they sold condoms. Like with they the sold baby. condoms on that tour too? Yes. And oh, they also sold them on Pop Mart if people aren't familiar. Yeah, yeah, they sold them on that tour. And I remember Amnesty International being, they had a table that was Amnesty International. And I wish I could remember more things, but um, I think in the same week at the Hampton Coliseum was U2, Rush, and The Grateful Dead. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so, like, my school was just a ghost town. Yeah. Like, it was just like, come on, no one's going to school this week. No. And I don't know how I got around that. I'm sure I just probably just didn't go. But I remember like the next day I was in no emotional state to go to freaking high school. Right? Yeah. I wish I could remember more, but it was just, you know, it was a very sacred, precious day in my life because amazing. it changed the way I see the world. Zoo TV had a tiny little turning point for me, even though I didn't go. My cousin Stephanie, who lived in Boston at the time, told me she was going to go see a show there. And I don't know if it was indoor or outdoor. Actually, said they were at the Boston Garden on St. Patrick's Day in 92. But I don't know if it was that show or later with the outside broadcast. 
but I asked her to get me a t-shirt. And I remember mom being like, what, what is this? Like she kind of made a deal like, are you serious about this stuff? <laughs> me being like, well, maybe, maybe I am. I think I just want a t-shirt, but maybe I really love them. I don't know. But she got me that black t-shirt with the white three symbols uh-huh. down the front. I think it's like, is it a baby, a car, a Travis and a star maybe? I still have it in a bin somewhere, a storage bin somewhere. But I remember I got that shirt. Man, I wore that thing to death. Yeah. That was insane. And I don't usually like stuff from things I don't not actually at. Right. But there was something about that. And one of the things that I don't have any explanation for whatsoever, but I already got propaganda and I didn't get my ticket. Like I didn't, why didn't I get my tickets through propaganda? I don't know. I don't know. Did I have no idea. Deadline or I cannot imagine that, but I, there had to be a good reason yeah. why, why I didn't. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I should have done that probably. Oh. You did <laughs> next time. Yeah, I did next time. But I mean, like, I just didn't give a crap. I just wanted to be in the building. So I, the Pixies opened. I have zero memory (laughs) of Pixies. (laughs) And maybe we got there late enough that I didn't see, I'm pretty sure I saw them. Yeah. But I'm like 75% sure I saw the Pixies. And I like the Pixies, but I have no, absolutely no memory of them whatsoever yeah which is interesting because i've seen a lot of opening bands over there and i'm pretty sure i remember i mean i might not be able to tell you where they opened or whatever but i have some memory of all of those bands and but it was just so much like overload so i guess why i don't remember the pixies but anyway and it's been a long crazy Musical journey. Musical journey ever since. I, so the, the attendance was just a little over 10,000. That's not big. No, it's not big. And interestingly enough, I've seen them in smaller venues now. Yes. Because I'm pretty sure that Mohican Sun is smaller than right. the Hampton Coliseum. Also, that stage took up more space than yeah. probably... When I think about how small, like, Red Rocks holds 9,000 some, I know there weren't that many there. Mm-hmm. But well, I've I'll been tell there you, to witness the size. kind of funny story about that. My uncle was the mayor of my city for many years. And in 2008, he gave the opening speech for the congressman that gave the opening speech for Obama at a rally in Newport News. <laughs> yeah. Where I don't know how many people were there, but I, it was like, I don't know, like a hundred thousand people or something like that. Like it was, my numbers might be off, but it's gotta be close to that. I mean, there was no room in my city. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. And after my uncle spoke, I was like, holy crap, like, oh my God, how did it feel speaking to that many people? And he was like, yeah, I've spoken at the Hampton Coliseum before. And I'm like, Uncle Joe, how many people you think fit in the Hampton Coliseum? And he's like, I don't know. And I'm like, 10,000. Oh, my God, yeah. And he's like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe it wasn't 100,000, but it was a huge number. Yeah. 
it was tens and tens of thousands of people there. And so I just thought it was funny because he was just like, yeah, I've spoken in the Hampton Coliseum, no biggie. And I'm like, yeah, that was a biggie, buddy. Right. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for asking me. It was good memories. And if anyone else, we'd love to hear your either first show experiences or Zoo TV experiences. Come share them. Love you. Also, I can't wait to ask you questions about your first show. And I was there. You were there. You can help fill in my gaps. I can fact check you. <laughs> you can fill in my blurry memory. I can. Because I, I, I remember that show pretty, pretty, pretty well. Yeah, you do. So yeah, come on over to Twitter or Instagram at the underscore Garden Tarts and share your experience with us. Yes, we'd love to hear it. And while you're online, why don't you head on over to iTunes and scroll down to the bottom of our podcast page and click that fifth star it's right on the right (laughs) one two three four five and if you leave us a five star review and a written review we'll read it in a future podcast and if your grammar is bad or something we'll correct it to make we will correct it there was actually a typo in one i read the other day yeah and i fixed it right up so yeah so don't worry don't worry about that type type away exactly and And sign up for our newsletter. Oh, yeah. That's what I was going to say, too. Go to thegardenentarts.com and sign up for our newsletter. And keep chatting with us. Yeah, please. Keep tuning in. Yeah. We will talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey there, friends, fans, and listeners. Jenny here. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a pretty big YouTube fan. And if you're a pretty big YouTube fan, you probably know about Bono's work in Africa through the organizations Red and One. Now more than ever, it is imperative we give them our support as they are not only fighting the AIDS pandemic, but also the COVID-19 pandemic. And you can help. Go to red.org and one.org to find out how you can be involved. Also, we love hearing from people and chatting with people. And of course, we love talking you too. So you can drop us a line on Instagram or Twitter at the underscore garden tarts. Or you can even email us at wearethegardentarts at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you soon. If you enjoy this podcast, we would love it if you would share it with your other YouTube loving friends, as well as leave a review for us on whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. We would really, really love that. May your music be loud and your whiskey be strong. Until next time. Cheers.